Welcome to Sightseeing Japan, the podcast where we explore the land of sweets and treats. I'm Paul Bresson. And I'm Jason Neeling. And today we're talking about the city of Kawagoe, a place not too far from Tokyo. It's uh, just about 30 to 45 minutes northwest of Tokyo. That's if you're taking a train to get there. So an easy day trip from Tokyo. Yeah. Or half day. Yeah, and a super fun day trip. There's a lot of stuff to see there. Kawagoe is actually known as Little Edo due to its many historic buildings that kind of give the feel that you're in Edo times. Yeah. Edo, of course, is what Tokyo used to be called. And in the Edo period, which was between 1603 and 1867, Kawagoe was actually a really important place for Edo. They stationed important military people there to defend Edo from the north side. And it was a merchant town and one of the most prosperous suburbs of Edo. Yeah, many goods that were imported into Edo came through Kawagoe. Yeah. And a lot of merchants lived there. Right. So yeah, these days you can still see a bunch of examples of those traditional merchant houses in its warehouse district. And there's just a lot of other fun stuff to do and see there too. So if you visit Kawagoe, you'll probably be starting at Kawagoe Station. You can get a train from Tokyo to get there. And once you're there, Kawagoe is a very walkable place. You don't need to get a car or take a bunch of other smaller trains to get around. You can pretty much walk around to all the sites and just do kind of a loop and end up back at the station. And uh, what if you can't or don't want to walk all day? Well, there's also something called the Koedo Loop Bus which is a, a retro-styled bus. It looks really cool. I saw pictures. It looks like kind of a 1920s car or like a, you know, a little limo sort of thing. And it runs every 20 to 30 minutes to Kawagoe's historical spots. That's awesome. Yeah. So if you cross the street from Kawagoe Station and start heading north, you're going to be walking along a shopping street called Crea Mall. It runs between Kawagoe Station and Hon Kawagoe Station. There's a lot of cool stuff there. It's like modern shops, ramen shops, pet stores, all sorts of things. We walk down there, right, Paul? Yeah. Anything that uh, stuck in your mind? The uh, ramen noodles, I don't know if it's a sign, the ramen noodle sculpture blew my mind. <laughs> sign slash sculpture. <laughs> That's one of my most popular posts on Instagram. Yeah, that was the coolest thing ever. It's like a bowl of ramen outside the store with chopsticks holding some noodles mm-hmm. and the chopsticks are just going up and down and up and down, pulling the noodles out of the bowl. Yeah. Just floating in midair. It looks Magical. really cool. <laughs> so that's a cool place. So you walk to the end of that shopping street. If you take a right, you can swing over to a place called Kitain Temple, which is a temple in Kamagawe with a 1200 year history and the most famous temple in Saitama prefecture. Yeah, it's the head temple of the Tendai sect of Buddhism in the Kanto region. Yeah. And it was originally built in 830. That was a long time ago. Yeah. That place is also known for these Rakan statues, these 540 stone statues of disciples of Buddha, and each one has a different facial expression, apparently. Yeah. I remember seeing those. You do? Yeah. They're in a courtyard in the temple grounds. The day we were there, the courtyard was like closed off. 
so we could see them all, but normally you can like walk through them and like take pictures with them. Mm-hmm. But the day we were there, you could just see them like from the side. Okay. But I remember seeing them all there. Yeah, I don't even remember seeing them really. That would have been fun to check out though. So some of them are meditating, some of them are laughing, some are sipping sake. Apparently there are even some that are picking their noses. Yeah, I saw a few with like wild facial expressions. Nice. They say that you can find one that looks like you if you walk through there and examine them closely. Yeah, 540, I bet you could find one that's got your look. I also saw there's a legend that if you visit after dark, you'll find one statue that's warm to the touch. And if you mark that one and then come back the next day and check it out in the daylight, you'll find that its face bears a resemblance to your own. Oh, wow. Isn't that creepy? That's that's a cool legend. <laughs> yeah. But you can't visit at night anymore, so uh, can't do that one. You can never test the legend. So I didn't realize it when we were there, but Kitayin Temple actually has the only remaining buildings from the former Edo Castle in existence. So when... The temple really took off in prominence was the early 17th century. The temple was led by a man named Tenkai, and he had a trusted friendship with the first three shoguns of the Tokugawa shogunate. So in 1638, a fire destroyed most of Kitain Temple. And since Tenkai was such buddies with the shogun, it was Shogun Tokugawa Iemitsu at the time. He sent buildings from Edo Castle to Kawagoe to help rebuild the temple. Hmm. And then between the Great Kanto Earthquake in 1923 and World War II, all of the buildings in Tokyo got destroyed. So the only ones that still remain are the ones in Kawagoe at this temple. Wow. I didn't know that when we were there, but... Me either. I thought that was the coolest story. That is cool. And one of those buildings that they brought over was supposed to be the room where Tokugawa Iemitsu was born. Wow, that's... Supposedly. That's really cool. Yeah. These guys must have been buddies. Apparently. Like, you send them the room you were born in. (laughs) Like, take good care of it, my friend. Yeah. So where would you go from the temple? I would recommend heading over to the warehouse district. And this is where a lot of the cool stuff in Kawagoe is kind of centered. Yeah. So you're going to walk down Kurazukuri Street, which is a street lined with traditional warehouses constructed in an Edo period style called Kurazukuri. And they're really cool. I mean, they're like these old merchant warehouses lining both sides of the street so it feels like you're walking down this really old street you know you can imagine that you're in the 1600s or something yeah and they still maintain the style of the Edo period yeah you'll recognize those clay tiled roofs and old wooden storefronts and stuff yeah the warehouses were designed to be very structurally sound you know to keep all that expensive stuff inside nice and dry and safe yeah, they were built by the like the wealthiest merchants in the Edo period. So they wanted to make sure that all their expensive goods were taken care of. They used clay walls to protect their goods from fire. As yeah. we discussed in the architecture episode, fire was a 
major threat in the Edo period because most buildings were made of wood. Yeah, in 1893, there was a really big fire that destroyed a large part of Kawagoe. Mm -hmm. And that's where most of the warehouses that are there today were built right after that. Mm -hmm. And they were built specifically to be fireproof to help prevent that disaster from happening again. Yeah, there are some warehouses still from earlier, though, I believe. I saw that there's some you can see from the 18th, 19th centuries. And there's actually a museum called the Kawagoe Kurazukuri Museum that's located in a warehouse from the 1800s. So you can walk around there and see what life would have been like for those merchants back then. Yeah, I heard that building was originally a tobacco wholesaler shop. Cool. So if you're in the warehouse district, it's going to be really close to uh, maybe the most exciting place in Kawagoe. What's that? Candy Alley. It's a pretty exciting place. Candy Alley, also known as Kashiya Yokocho or Confectionery Row, is a small backstreet alley, and there are a bunch of shops back there selling traditional sweets, old-fashioned candy and stuff. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, just small little candy pieces. Most of it's priced under 50 yen, so that's like 50 cents or less. Yeah, so this type of shop goes back to uh, something called Degashiya, which were these little sweets shops that used to be all over the place. There'd just be a little shop selling really cheap candy on a street corner in a neighborhood. And then kids could go and buy candy. Like their parents give them a hundred yen coin or something. They can go to the candy shop. And that's the first time in their life when they have the independence to like spend their money and they can kind of learn how that works. They're talking to the shopkeeper they're doing the math to figure out how much candy can I buy with this 100 yen, you know. Cool tradition. And there aren't a lot of those places left now, but this is one of the places you can experience that. Yeah, it's said to give the feel and atmosphere of pre-World War II Japan, when those yeah. shops were popular and you know a lot of kids of the era remember those fondly. Yeah. And it is just a really fun place just to walk through, like, it's a pretty narrow street. Like, there aren't cars going down there. It's just people walking around looking at these shops. I remember we popped into a candy shop, and I'm like, I'm going to grab this, and I'm going to grab this, and I was grabbing all this good stuff, and I turned around, and you had, like, three times more stuff than me, and I was like, oh, man. You know me? I like trying new things. If I see, like, a 100 different types of candy that I've never tried before, and each one is, like, 10 cents, you know I'm going to buy a all that stuff. Yeah. I ate all the candy I bought way too quickly and wish I'd bought more. So yeah. you were right. There's also small toys and accessories that they sell. Some little cool souvenirs or trinkets you can get for kids or people you know. Yeah. They have those little metal tops. That you wrap a little rope around and spin that. That was a popular thing for kids like 100 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I remember those from the old time movies, <laughs> kids playing with tops. I had tops yeah. when I was a kid. They're fun. Yeah. But uh, it's kind of cool because you can buy a bunch of stuff and only spend like five bucks. Yeah, yeah, totally. So you can kind of like go nuts and have fun and not break your bank. Yeah. So to give a little history about this place, candy started being made there in the mid to late 1800s. And after Tokyo was damaged by the Great Kanto earthquake in 1923, this area started producing candy for the whole country. So in the early Showa period, around the 1920s, there were over 70 candy shops there. Wow. Yeah. 
these days, uh, I think it's a little less than 20 or something. Yeah, like at least a dozen that'll yeah. be open on any given day. And some of these places will even let you observe the process of making their sweets, apparently. I didn't see that when I was there, but I read that. That'd be cool. Yeah. Also, Paul, did you see that the smell of this alley was chosen as one of the 100 scent sceneries by the Japanese Ministry of the Environment? I did not see that. I did not know that was a thing that existed, but I get it. You remember it smelling sweet? Yeah. And old-fashioned? Smelled smelled great. (laughs) Yeah. Fun place. Definitely check it out. What's another cool thing in the warehouse district area, Paul? The Bell of Time. Or Toki no Kane. It's a bell tower, kind of deemed as the symbol of the city. Yeah, yeah, it's very famous. It was built on the orders of a guy named Sakai Tadakatsu, who was a daimyo with the Tokugawa shogunate, and it was built between 1624 and 1644. The current tower that's standing there isn't the original one, though. The original burned down in that great fire of Kawagoe that Paul mentioned earlier. So the current one dates back to 1894, the year after the original burned down. Yeah, it's three stories tall, and the bell rings four times a day. It's kind of a big deal to hear the bell. Mm-hmm. 6 a.m., noon, 3 p.m., and 6 p.m. Yep. If it's near one of those times, everyone will be like, you're going to go hear the bell? You're going to go hear the bell? <laughs> yeah. You know, I found that since you and I visited in 2015, there's something new that popped up near that bell tower. What's that? There's a Starbucks. Oh, really? It opened in 2018, but it's like a traditional style Starbucks. Like it fits in with the aesthetic <laughs> of the area. That's cool. Yeah, it looks kind of fun. It's got like the clay tile roof and they have, you know, those fabric banners that you see out in front of like restaurants with their logo on it or something. Yeah. They have those in front of the Starbucks. Okay. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And apparently there's a garden somewhere, maybe behind it or something that you can look at while you're sipping on your drink. All right. Not to advertise Starbucks, but I saw a picture and I was like, oh, that's the coolest looking Starbucks I've seen. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that part of the tower's purpose was to give alarm in case of fire. Oh. So I didn't hear if it actually worked during that big fire. I'm assuming the bell was going off before it burned down. Yeah. So hopefully everyone got out safe. And it did its job. Hopefully. So now, maybe you want some real food after pigging out on sugar and walking around for a while. There's a few other things Kawagoi's famous for. One being sweet potatoes. Yeah, you will see these sweet potatoes everywhere. You can get roasted sweet potatoes. Sweet potato fries. Sweet potato ice cream. Sweet potato chips. Sweet potato beer. Yeah. There's a local brewery called Coeto Brewery. The sweet potato beer was great. Yeah. There was a little store that was selling it just out on the street, like out in front. They had a little tap and we just got a couple cups of beer and sat there. Yeah. They had some chairs just right on the street. Enjoyed the atmosphere and drank our beers. Pretty great. I heard there's sweet potato coffee, too. No idea what that's like. How do you even incorporate sweet potatoes into the coffee? I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know. Oh, you know what? I also saw if you visit between mid-September and early November, you can actually experience picking sweet potatoes at local farms. Okay. Interesting. Got to dig them up. 
Yeah. Bring home some of Kawagoe's famous sweet potatoes that you pulled out of the ground yourself. Nice. I'd love to do that. Mm-hmm. So in the warehouse district, while you're checking out all this old-fashioned stuff, and you really just want to immerse yourself in that old-timey kind of feel, I saw that there are actually a lot of kimono rental places on Kurazukuri Street. And on the 18th of each month, that's designated as Kimono Day. So a lot of those shops will give discounts specifically on the 18th. So if you want to walk around in a kimono, pretend that you're from the 1600s or something, that could be pretty fun. Yeah, that'd be cool if there were a bunch of other people on that day doing it too. Like mm-hmm. if half the people on the street are all wearing kimono. Yeah. That would be, that'd be awesome. So in addition to these things that we've mentioned so far, the warehouse district also has just a bunch of like tourist shops, gift shops, selling traditional items. A lot of fun stuff to look at. Yeah. So if you start heading northeast from the warehouse district, you'll come across Kawagoe Hikawa Shrine, which is 1,500 years old. Wow. Yeah. There are five deities enshrined there. All of them are from the same family, and two pairs of them were married. So people visit this shrine seeking love, happy marriages, a harmonious family. Okay, that's a cool shrine. Mm -hmm. I think what looks like the coolest part of that shrine, though, is there's a tunnel that you can walk through with hundreds of traditional glass wind chimes. It's supposed to be a very calming experience. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I want to know what that sounds like. Right? They're probably all echoing. Well, it's not like a, an enclosed tunnel. Like, you're not... Oh, okay, okay. It's like a tunnel of wind chimes. It's okay, it looks like. okay. Like, they're out exposed to the air. So you're going to hear just a bunch of glass jingling sounds, you know? That's cool. Yeah, I want to see what it sounds like. I feel like it'd sound cool as you're moving along and they're changing where they are in relation to you. Yeah. And if you keep going past that, you'll eventually get to the Kawagoe Castle Ruins. Yeah, there used to be a castle in Kawagoe. Yeah, an important one. Yeah, Kawagoe used to be a castle town, and they saw a lot of action in the Warring States period in the 15th to 16th centuries. So this castle was built in 1457, and as we mentioned before, Kawagoe was, had strategic importance to the Tokugawas in Edo. So this was kind of a place where they could stop armies from progressing through all the way to Edo. These days, all the remains of this castle are a tower and the primary hall on the original site. And those are reconstructions from 1848, too. But, I mean, castle ruins are always fun to visit. Yeah. Especially if you're interested in history. Yep. I'd go. We didn't make it, because I think we did a half-day trip to Kawagoe. Yeah, we might not have gotten there super early. But also, I didn't uh, really know it was there <laughs> when we, when we <laughs> yeah. visited. We, we just went for the candy. Yeah. Yeah, actually, when you and I went, it was my second time there, and I had specific candies in mind that I wanted to stock up <laughs> on. <laughs> so those are kind of the main attractions in Kawagoe, but there are also seasonal events if you happen to be showing up at a specific time of year. So in spring, they have Sakura boat tours as part of the Koedo Kawagoe Spring Festival. Get in a boat and float down this cherry blossom-lined river. That sounds pretty nice. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. If you're visiting towards the end of July, 
There's the Kawagoe Million Lights Summer Festival, and they hang lanterns all over the place. Like the whole night is lit up by all these lanterns. I really want to go to a lantern festival. Yeah. Like that sounds so cool. Yeah, and I bet the warehouse district is super pretty. Yeah. The atmosphere would just be amazing with all like little candle lit lamps on the old buildings. Yeah. Everybody wearing kimono. Yeah. And you'd really get that immersive old fashioned kind of feel. Yeah. But the biggest festival is the Kawagoe Hikawa Festival held every year on the third Saturday and Sunday of October. So we missed it by like a week. Yeah. We Both were the- times I visited Kawagoe was like a week after this festival. And the festival looks so cool. It's a float festival. So each little neighborhood in the city builds their own like traditional Japanese float, mm-hmm. which is going to be multi-stories high with a big stage on it to dance and play music on big wheels. So they're going to pull it through the streets. Yeah, they're very impressive. And uh, this is a 360-year-old tradition too. Like they've been doing these floats for a long time and they've gotten bigger and bigger from what I heard. And every year, at least 20 floats are part of this, Mm. which is crazy. Like that's so many and they're so impressive. Yeah. But if you can't make it to the festival, but you still want to learn about them and maybe see a couple of the floats, you can check out the Kawagoe Festival Museum, which is also in the warehouse district by all that other cool stuff. Yeah, we went there and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And they've got two of the floats there that have been used in the festival. So you can come look at them up close. They're huge and it's really impressive. Yeah, super ornate. It's crazy thinking about all the work that went into those. And they showed a video there too of what the festival looks like. And during this festival, they have musical and dance battles between mm-hmm. the floats. Like the floats will face off down a street. And they'll take turns, I think, doing their music and dancing. So they got a five-musician group for each float. Wow. With a flute and a large drum and two small drums and a handbell. And then the dancers wear fox masks or lion masks. Hmm. And they dance on the stage of the float. Nice. And then at night, they bring out the lanterns again. So all the people pulling the carts, the floats through the city, pull out lanterns that kind of light up the floats as they go by. That's awesome. Which looks super cool. We saw a bunch of those lanterns at that museum too. Yeah. Yeah. They had a ton of those. Mm -hmm. Highly recommended. Yeah. It looks like a super fun festival. And, you know, they try to keep it traditional. Like a lot of festivals these days are kind of more modern, but as Kawagoe has that connection to the past, especially with all the old-fashioned buildings in the warehouse district. They're really trying to hold on to that kind of feel. Yeah. Pretty cool. So if you're in Tokyo and you want to go to Kawagoe, it's pretty easy to get there. From Shinjuku Station, there's two lines that head to Kawagoe, a JR line and a Seibu line. They're both about 50-plus minutes and they cost five to 800 yen one way. So I would recommend going from Ikebukuro Station. That's what I did both times I went out there, I think. Yeah. The Tobu Toju line runs to Kawagoe with frequent trains, and it's only 30 minutes if you hop on an express train. And they have 
a Kawagoe discount pass for foreign tourists. So for 700 yen, it's valid for the whole day between Kawagoe and Ikebukuro. Hmm. So that's definitely the best value and the quickest way to get there. Nice. And you should go if you get a chance. You should. Yeah, if you're like staying in Tokyo and you just want a day to kind of get out of the big city and just experience kind of a, I keep saying old-fashioned kind of feel, Kawagoe is an awesome place to do that. Yeah, we had a lot of fun and we didn't even know all the stuff that was there. Yeah, man, we've done so many episodes where like, I learn all this stuff and it's like, I've been to this place, but I need to go back now to see all these things that I learned about. Yeah. Go back one week earlier is what we need to do. Yeah. Ah, that festival will be so cool. Maybe in October. Yep. We can pick our own potatoes. I finally got a pretty good chunk of vacation time saved up. Nice. Anything else about Kawagoe, Paul? I think that's all I got today. All right. If you want to see some cool pictures from Kawagoe, I will be posting them all week on Instagram. Our username is SJP Podcast. And if you want to reach out to us for whatever reason, you want to tell us about your experience in Kawagoe, maybe, send an email to feedback at sightseeingjapanpodcast.com. And Paul, what are we talking about next time? Our next episode is going to be about tofu. Delicious. Yeah. How do they make that? from soybeans we will find out it's about all i know is it comes from soybeans i'm interested to learn how that happens yeah that'll be fun thanks for listening see you next time